Good afternoon and welcome to the Human Results Podcast. As always, we have the Managing Director of Human Results, Mr Alistair Hobbs. Good afternoon, Alistair. Good afternoon, Ben. And joining us on today's podcast, we have returnee. We have Stuart from the Hall Inn in Monmouthshire. Good afternoon, Stuart. How are we? I'm very good, thank you, Ben. Stuart, the last time we spoke, you were in total lockdown, not able to open. Things have changed and they're changing again very shortly, aren't they? How have you adapted? Yeah. Say at the moment we've we've got quite a good bar trade. I, I, I personally I'm just serving drinks outside because we're only allowed to serve outside, but it's going quite well. Certainly, people who are, who are owner chefs in Wales they're back cooking and, and making the most of it. People are keen to get out for sure. How many different elements to the COVID nineteen guidelines you have to implement? Well, everything I can really. The Welsh Assembly Government kindly uh, issued their guidelines to the local authorities on the morning that we were allowed to reopen. Luckily, the local council had, had, had already laid out a, a, a video meeting with all the licensees the week before and, and talked us through what they wanted. And it, it was pretty much mirrored through the last anyway. So, so yes, we've done it. It's not, not too technical. The, the issue when we reopen is it's not going to be one metre like in England. They've got a two metre distancing. You say, when, when might you be able to serve food, Stuart? Well, we can go back to normal on the 3rd of August, as near to normal as, as is possible. I say we can serve food now, I just chose not to. I don't think paying a chef to come in, and then if it rains for three days, we throw it away. So certainly the weather we had last week, it wouldn't have been worth it. Andrew up the Clyder, he's run a takeaway menu right through, which he's carried on doing that now, and saying if people want to eat it on the premises, they can, which I think is a great idea, really. But they say he's an owner chef, whereas I'm not. So uh, it didn't really work for me outside, but the sake of three weeks, I thought, no, I'll leave it until we're opening it. And, and of mm. course, Alistair, in England, we're about to open up for corporate events, etc., and a few more indoor events. They're called, they're testing, aren't they? That's going to open up a bit more of the market, isn't it? People will be rightly nervous about going into indoor venues with lots of people and I'm not sure what the guidance on how that's going to look was going to be I mean certainly the weddings industry doesn't look like it's going to come back this year at all they can't hold receptions afterwards um, or maybe they can up to 30 I don't know is that right now Ben I mean you, yeah it's up to 30 yeah up to 30 for the wedding and the reception yeah no good if you originally planned to have 120 there though is it it's fine for, for some people, it might suit some, but if you're running a business that relies on wedding bookings, wedding trade, chances are you're, you're going to be hoping that you can continue to encourage people to rebook for next year and, and whilst you keep their deposit that you've, of course, already spent in a lot of cases to survive. So I think that industry's going to struggle for the rest of this year. I've been into a couple of pubs indoors on the quiet now and enjoyed a quiet pint, which is something. But seeing Stuart with pictures of people sitting shivering under umbrellas in the rain last week, yeah, brave of them. But uh, Stuart has got some very good, long-standing, loyal regulars who um, it's part of their routine. And how is the HR world at the moment, Alistair? Are we at the situation now where redundancies are becoming more and more common because people are realising the long-term effect? Yeah, long increasingly, Ben. I think you know, in the last few weeks, now that people are back, I mean, we, we are seeing in hospitality, for example, in, in, in the pub trade and restaurants, we are seeing businesses bringing people back on flexible furlough for now. But there's still the genuine risk that by September, if not already, there's going to be quite significant redundancies. Obviously, the government is trying to provide some incentives with this HMRC 50% off your meal 
I think in August. Yeah, great. I think it's just Monday to Wednesdays, though, isn't it, Stuart? I think it's. it's well, I'm aware, yeah, I've signed up for it, but I have not heard anything back. Yet. Yeah, well, good. yeah, good. Well, you must. Yeah, that, I think that that's a good initiative. I mean, in, in fairness, I think they're good on them for trying that. It'll help if we get some half decent weather. People are on holiday. People are not on holiday who might otherwise have been away. So they the staycations and things. So tourism and Stuart has the good fortune of living in God's own county and um, there is a bit of tourism. So I think, I think it's a good scheme, but the reality is that whilst, um, whilst companies can use furlough money to help subsidise redundancy, no, you know, notice periods during redundancy, whilst people are furloughed, they're going to use it. And increasingly they are. Not just in the, uh, not just in, in the pub trade and restaurants, although you know, it's definitely happening there, but it, it's happening across the piece. And we've been very busy in recent weeks. I mean, in fairness to my clients, they've been much more measured in their, in their approach to it. I'd like to think that that's partly because of the measured advice I give them. They, they now know that come August, it's going to start costing them money. They want to sit on as much cash as they can. So, yes, we're seeing increasingly a lot of redundancies consultation and being, uh, being underway and employees are on notice periods. In some cases, of course, 12 weeks notice and it maybe takes them right up to pretty much the end of the furlough scheme. Um, I'm also seeing some companies rather naughtily in my view, but again, it's not against the law from what I can see, but I'm seeing cases where employees are being given the figures and they realize that the offer of staying on furlough to the bitter end but not receiving a redundancy payment in lieu of it in consideration for staying on furlough is worth still a bit more money to them so employees are not necessarily getting their statutory redundancy payments what they are getting in lieu of that is government subsidies staying on furlough so it's better for the business and if the business computates the sums and makes it marginally better for the employee then the employees are often taking it because they think, well, it's, it's the lesser of the two evils. And one of the biggest things for you, Stuart, of course, is regaining customer confidence, isn't it? Not in the pub itself, but just in the atmosphere and in the safety of the public house. That's going to be your biggest task, isn't it? Is, is the meal deal thing going to help? You can't be too busy, really, on taking the tables out. The tables are, are what we've got, and once they're full, they're full. There's no standing, you know, no one's allowed to stand, so... If I X-Men booked, you can take in so many people who walk in and that's it, you know, we're done. Mm. As you said, I think it's a great scheme in, in all fairness. I think the chance has been very good to small businesses throughout. Customer confidence, that's, that's down to us, really. I'm serving drinks outside or not wearing a mask, but I think once we come to start delivering meals to tables, we're going to have to, to give them that bit of confidence, you know. I've been doing some driving events in Shropshire and the, the lady that's organising it is very strict on, on the people that are delivering the food. You must wear a mask when you're with the public. Not for yourself, not for anything else, other than to give the people confidence that are there. I think that's the case. It's about their perception. If people don't feel safe, they're not going to come back, are they? No, that's right. And we've seen that, Alistair, to be fair, in these events. The problem is getting people there the first time. Once they've been and they see what the actions you've taken and the way you are making it a safe area, their confidence come back. Repeat customers mm. is great, but it's just that first time of getting them out there, isn't it, at the moment? Yes, I think that's right. I mean, I certainly, I've... Um felt a lot more confident the second and third time and the third and fourth pint with my local. One of my biggest fears going back to my own, you know, my local here in Telford was just that some of the old boys that go there are always very kind of 
offering your hand, shaking your hand every time you walk in the pub and things like that. And I thought, you know, they're going to be different. And actually, people are very respectful and sitting a good, uh, a good reasonable distance apart. There's hand sanitizer machines on the walls as you go in. You know, they, they've made a real effort. Um, they didn't open straight away. They could have opened on the Monday or the Saturday. They left it till the following Friday to make sure that they got it right. And also, I think, to make sure they could cope. But now they have. It's, I can see all of the old regulars, the, all the old drinkers going back. You know, it's, uh, they, they seem to be doing okay. What about your suppliers? Is that back up to full speed now, the supply of the, the beer? And are you back up? Not, to not, not quite, because there's so many pubs that haven't. They're unable to open. They don't have an outside area. They're getting there for sure. They're easing themselves back in slowly as well, I think. Are they sending you the ways they want to deliver, or are you telling, are you telling them the way you want the beer to be delivered? So, that's... so far, the deliveries have been much the same as before. There's minimum contact with personal contact then. So This is the Human Resources podcast. Are you seeing the same people deliver? So far, so far. My, my normal delivery guys are still on, but they've said that they, out of all the delivery guys in the company, that there's only a certain amount that have come back. Some are still furloughed and some may not be coming back. There's certainly, I think those people who are still furloughed and are not on flexi furlough scheme, for example, I think that there's a quite a considerable high percentage of those who face a great deal of uncertainty. Uh, there are obviously some sectors where they can't bring them back yet and that might bounce back. But I think those that are open, those businesses that are open, if people are still furloughed, I would be yeah, nervous for them. That's the sad reality. But, you know, it, it's a difficult decision because good staff are hard to come by. When you know you've got somebody who's who you value, then, yeah, yeah it's commendable that you try because, you know, you might never get them back and um, you might be suffering for years. With, uh, sure. with unreliable staff. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an important consideration. And I think this is one of the biggest things I'm seeing is that we're actually laying people off, making redundant. If people don't want to for a change, normally we're looking for reasons to lay people off. They're not right for the business. At the moment, they're very few and far between. Yes, there's, of course, there's wastage that are going, and there always will be when situations like this occur and people take advantage. But the majority, people don't want to see the staff leaving. It's, you know, that's what's killing companies at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, um... I think uh, you know in the in the last recession, which arguably we never really fully came out of, but you know, in two, going back twelve years, two thousand and eight, <laughs> a lot of companies since then, even getting back to a full complement of uh, of employees, they've been run quite tightly, you know, quite tight ships, not much slack. And whilst it's always been the case, I think you know, in thirty years of, in the profession, most companies would say that they could weed the garden by ten percent of the workforce and not miss them. And certainly there's an element of that still. Um, I think that's right, Ben. I think businesses are, will be reluctant to lose good staff. But equally, if you're faced with serious uncertainty in your sector, uh, and, and that's most sectors at the moment, but if you're facing serious uncertainty in your, in your marketplace, you don't wait until you're down to your last quid to, to take drastic action. Because ultimately, it's the survival of the business and those staff that you wish to keep. Um, that, that's going to have to take priority. So difficult decisions ahead, I'm afraid, for a lot of companies, even those that have yet to make that decision. I've said all along, I think we've had the easy part of it being shut. I think the next 12 months are going to be <clears throat> difficult. 
so yes. not just ministry, but for all businesses, really. Yeah, when the when the government help has gone, when the HMRC are sending their letters demanding the VAT gets paid on time or pointing out it wasn't last time, therefore here's a surcharge. That's when it really starts to, to bite. Stuart, let's not take this forward just 12 months. Let's just take it forward 12 days, August the 3rd. You've got your meal deal in place. You've put all the tables inside. What lies ahead for you then? It's an unknown, isn't it? It's it's wait and see. We'll be there. We'll be ready. Hopefully they'll they'll come in. I think they will. We've had plenty of interest. I've got bookings coming in already. We'll be okay. Certainly for the first few weeks. Once once everyone's been out again and then it's that's when that's when it'll try. For instance, you you talked about weddings. I don't see the Christmas parties happening this year. Traditionally, December is a very, very busy month, and it takes us through January and and pays for for November, really, but that's not going to be the case this year. Are you glad this is all happening on a Monday rather than a Friday or a Saturday night, Stuart? It gives you a good week to get into the routine. And also, on top of that, how will the claim of the money back from the government for the meal deal, how will that affect you cash flow-wise? Is it a quick return? I believe so. I'm pretty sure it's said within three working days. I don't quote me on yeah. it, I could be wrong, but I, I, yeah. that's ringing a bell. So, yeah, I think that'll be okay. And in regards to the Monday opening? To be fair, we, we don't cook on a Monday anyway, so it'll be the Tuesday before we get back into it. There's been a bit on the radio, Stuart, I've heard in the, you know, in the last week or so, I've heard a few interviews. When when this announcement was made about the, the, the August initiative for the restaurant meals and the VAT, of course, off the, off the alcohol, there's been a few detractors from the scheme and making the making the point that will that get passed on to the benefit of the of the customers and some one or two people I've heard in the industry have rightly said well we know we get situations where people you know book for a table and don't turn up and obviously the fact that that keeps the table empty then because they've you know because of the restrictions they're bookings only and um they, they can't double book a table. So that's obviously going to have a negative impact on the takings for the evening. So have you thought about, you know, charging a deposit or anything that actually encourages your punters to ensure they turn up? Some, some of the competitors in the area do it. Uh, it seems to suit them. We do have the odd no-show, but touch wood, they're few and far between. It's not yeah. an avenue I want to go down and, and hopefully I won't have to. With regards to passing on the discounts, I mean, obviously you've got the, the 50% off a meal up, up to £10 per person, I think it is. So, yeah, that's obviously going to work. The VAT, I, I, I don't see that being, no, if anything, I think the price of my drinks will have to go up somewhat because the overheads remain pretty much the same and, of course, yeah. the numbers have gone down. So I think the prices are going to have to go up, I'm afraid. You said in the previous podcast, Stuart, that you were underpriced, you felt, compared to a lot of the people around in your area, that you felt that you your pricing was very reasonable. If they're already very reasonable, that, that extra it kind of covers the, fortune, the shortfall, doesn't it? That's, that's the plan. I'm not sure how long he's doing it for. Well, it'll come to a natural end soon enough. The tax man will need his coin. And if, if, if the country's faced with three or four million unemployed for the first time in 30 years or whatever, it's going to have a huge impact on what the government's got to spend on nurses and doctors and defence budgets and whatever else. So you're ready, you're ready to go from August the 3rd, you've obviously adapted so far. What's your biggest challenge, Stuart, at the moment? And what's your biggest challenge on August the 3rd? Yeah, it's going to be adapting to the to the new ways, remembering the, the social distance inside of it, and, and feel, how to make people feel safe. Then, but it's going to be that that'll be the challenge: is is reacting on the spur of the moment as people come in and, and different situations arise as to how to how to deal with it and make people feel safe. I think it's almost that wink 
you know, just back off a bit or just you know, move away from other people. Just be careful, isn't it? It's that you don't want to go in full bore and say, stay apart two metres, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be... I've seen some pubs and they've got signs and they've got walkways and sticker. They've got all this stuff everywhere and sanitizing stations. I've just put a few bottles around and got some subtle signage. Try and keep things as normal as possible. My own personal thing, I don't think people want it rammed down their throat, but obviously by the same token, they do have to observe the social distancing and that's, that's the issue. It's different customers say, oh, there's Fred over there. They go and start talking and it's invading yeah. their privacy and it? it's invading their space. Yeah. Much will come down to people's own personal perceptions of risk and how they what, what risks they're prepared to take without getting anxious. My wife, Lynn, she won't fly at the moment. But you can't, you can't say it's an irrational fear. It's fair enough that flying's a bit, bit, bit of a nervous thing. But funnily enough, she's prepared to try the Channel Tunnel for the first time ever. And she's claustrophobic, so... Oh, there you are. are. You stay in the car for that one, don't you? Yeah, you can sit in the car, apparently. I've not been in the car. I went as a foot passenger years ago, and that was that was pretty good. So, yeah, we're, we're hopefully going to drive to France towards the end of August. Get down to Barry Island and, uh, and a meal at the Hall Inn for 50% off um, beforehand. Sounds like a good plan. 50% mm. off from the landlord, 50% off from the government, Alistair. Is that right, as friend? Is that a friend? No, 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 no. <laughs> sees me going in. He always buys me a pint when I arrive, but I'm sure he sticks it on the bill for the food at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alistair, obviously you're, you're planning to go away the end of August. Are you seeing a slowdown in, in reactions and what's going on by then? Because I know you've been really, really busy now for four months. Yeah, I'm, I'm just this week, I'm sensing that there are, I'm speaking to people who are going away uh, or are taking some time off. So things have calmed down just a small amount. But equally, you know, people opening up, like in Stuart's sector and other things, it's creating challenges for them and um, tensions. And so, you know, I've been pretty busy still. People are hoping to get away in a lot of cases. And certainly, anecdotally, any British seaside resort is already rammed. A lot of day trippers, as soon as the state schools finish this week, places like Barmouth and things, it's going to be busy if it isn't already. Just to finish off the podcast today, just give us a, a, the next few weeks from your side of things then, Alistair. Still, sadly, restructuring for businesses, um, using the furlough provisions to help minimize the cost of people working through their notices or staying on furlough for notice periods that's sadly the the order of the day a little bit of recruitment as well a little bit of work involved around that some new contracts and uh, new starters and things so it's not all doom and gloom in that respect businesses are recruiting certain sectors are, are doing well and have not stopped there's a little bit of that the fact is i think the summer might be a little bit of a pregnant pause for what's going to come in the autumn because you know, furlough leave runs out, furlough pay runs out entirely by the 31st of October. And I think that's when we'll see our current government probably switch back to market economics. Only the strongest will survive and they'll be reluctant to dip their hands in their pocket. Maybe in certain sectors they'll have to. So at the moment, they'll be counting the cost for that, I think, before they make any commitments. And Stuart, that word survival, when you do survive, we pick up more business from that or do you want to see competitors around because a healthy market situation is good for the public trade or yeah there's a lot of lot of competition in the area and it does bring people to the area the fact that there's so many good pubs around so yeah i'd rather see them all survive i think it is a, i think it is a matter of survival now to be honest for the next 
like I say, the next 12 months are going to be mm. going to be cool. like if we can get through that, we'll be okay. But it's going to be difficult for for, for everyone. But mm. hey, upwards and upwards, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, living where you do, you know, you've got so many good pub restaurants like yours, like the Clyther, where Stuart was bar manager for years. You know, and obviously you've got your Michelin stars, your walnut trees and such like, and Hardwick, is it, and Abergavenny and what have you. So it does it does bring people a long way to to what is a beautiful part of the world. You're right, though. A healthy pub trade, it does bring people there. And people, you know, the kind of clientele that you want, the good drinkers that, you know, respect the, the beer, they'll travel for a good point. So you are right, Stuart. A healthy bit pub trade is good in your area. It's, it's catch twenty two. You want a good healthy pub trade, but you want to survive, and that's yeah, the difference. Sure, sure. Stuart, wish you all the best. We are going to speak to a hotel this week, me and Alistair. So that podcast yeah. will be out early next week. So that'll be interesting for people to hear. But as always, Stuart, thank you for joining us. We do wish you the best of luck a week on Tuesday when you start cooking. Alistair, as always, very good to see you, sir. We're actually going on site Friday, aren't we? So our conference is picking up. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, it's the, the, the lure of a cream tea, maybe. I don't know. So, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Bye-bye. Stuart. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye now.